Hey, it's the Left Coasters podcast. I'm Dangles. I'm Brian. And I am Tony. And you can find the Left Coasters on Facebook as well as Instagram at the Left Coasters podcast. Always hit us up with your comments and your questions and we will get them on the show. Thank you for listening. And welcome to week two of the Left Coasters podcast. We are excited here because we just had a full slate of the NFL this past Sunday, Monday, and Thursday. And oh boy, did we have some games. As always, I'm Tony Cavallo. I'm with Brian the Ballerina Balzarini. I'm with Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio. And if you are looking at the runtime of this show, do not change it. It is a short show for you because we have a new plan for this season. And you're not going to get a show on just Thursday. No, you're getting two a week every Tuesday and every Thursday. We're going to be hitting you with two shows a week from now until the end of time. So you're welcome, Left Coasters faithful brian and dangles are you ready for the first show breaking down actual real nfl games that just happened so ready i'm so fucking ready I this, can't this wait. week was a great week in great football start. i had a blast watching with you guys especially watching you melt down oh. over the packers losing 20 to 3 at halftime how 20 about zip? 20 i'm sorry 20 to zip at halftime you're absolutely right and then aaron Rodgers, who you had had written off for the season comes back and leads his team to a 24 to 23 victory, which I cannot believe because Khalil Mack was absolutely eating Brian Balaga's lunch in the first quarter. I'm not going to lie to you guys. This is a true statement I'm about to say. I love nothing more in this world than the, than I do the Green Bay Packers. And to see Aaron Rodgers die as he did so early in the season, when I all I care about is the Green Bay Packers, I was not in a in good shape. Let me tell you, if you were there with me, and people were, they were telling me, Tony, you need. They were actually worried. I took the life out of the room with my reactions, and it was a little melodramatic, but boy, was it true. Which is why I came back and we won that game, and it's all happy, happy, joy, joy. <laughs> but I sit all here because of him. I sit here with a person that should be as sad and as melodramatic about his team as I was in that point, and that is the ballerina. And we're going to start off talking about the turd your Lions took on uh, Monday night yeah. against the New York Football Jets. Sam Darnold gave you seven points. Sam Darnold said, here, I'm going to I'm gonna gift you seven points right off the jump. And they still whooped that ass. What happened in Detroit, buddy? I think it rests solely on that offensive line and Matt Stafford. I think the defense couldn't stop a cold. And I unfortunately have to say that this is also in part due to poor, poor coaching. Mm-hmm. Truly ding, poor ding, coaching. Ding. I, I'm not going to allow this to be Wait, a— are you suggesting that Matt Patricia— was a poor coach is, in his first no, game. In the no, NFL. I'm not saying that because there are there are 15 more games left in this season. But I do believe that this team was poorly, poorly, poorly prepared for this game mm-hmm. because even if you want to say that you know that pick six right off the bat was exciting, it, it, you know gave everybody hope that this could be the the, the 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 team that we wanted for 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 so long. But the second Matt Stafford walked onto this field. He looked lost. Oh yeah, the team didn't. Yeah, he looked no bad. Confidence. And and I said this to Dangles. I said, th- 
it's quicksand. We is everybody out there seen the replacements, right? With Keanu Reeves, and he talks about, you know, what was the thing that doomed his career at Ohio State, the 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 fictitious Ohio State, of course, and that was. That was quicksand, and, uh-huh. and you saw Matt Stafford getting into that mode of just uh-huh. trying to make things happen. Couldn't do it, and he was getting he was getting hit. I mean, th- there was three separate times he looked like he died. He looked died. Like, looked like he lost his MCL, his ACL, yeah. and, and and lost his sternum in, yeah. in, in in several situations. But the problem really is, is like it, that we look to Matt Stafford to keeping this team together, and when it was on his shoulders, it fell apart. It fell apart, and. You know, certainly there were some there were some bright spots in Kenny Galladay, but they lost to probably one of the worst ten teams in the league, five teams in the league. Maybe or maybe they're frisky. Let me stop you there because I'll keep you talking about Stafford in a second because I bring this up. We've seen every team play so far, and what we're going to do this week is the left coast is listening at home for the for the until Sunday. You're going to hear every analyst you know make big glaring overreactions. They're going to come out and say after seeing one game, this is the way it is and. And this is how it starts. So what we're going to do right now is I'm going to throw the two other hosts a few overreactions, a few statements that I guarantee you you will hear this coming week. And the three of us right here are going to decide whether these are true or whether they are false. Again, this is after one game. So, Brian, let's stay with you because my first overreaction is the Matthew Stafford era is over. Is that true or is that false? Because let me tell you, five picks in week one against the Jets don't make it look good. Give me faith or take it away. I, I'm going to say false because I still believe that there's enough in this season. I'm very, very skeptical. However, with that, that's a huge asterisk. And I know Dangles is shaking his head Dangles over is ready to talk. But I will say, more than likely, this is probably going to be the last season. If Matt Stafford pulls off a dud, he will probably, more than likely, go down as just another guy for Detroit. Because a guy who does not have a winning record against 500 teams, he's up and up until last year he was five and 48, five and 48 <laughs> against teams that were over 500. You do not win Super Bowls with a quarterback who has that kind of record. I don't care how good his arm looks, I don't care how well he's drafted, and I don't care what. But he's had pieces around him. He has two offensive linemen on the left side who are first round draft picks. Two others on the right side who are high free agent value picks. Uh, there's no goddamn reason why plenty they should be. Th- there's yep. plenty of wide receivers. So is he a is he a product of cir- circumstance being this bad, or is, are his stat lines inflated when you're talking about he's been playing from behind his entire forever. career? Seemingly forever, seemingly. So four thousand yards a, a year does not seem as as incredible as it does if it doesn't accompany with wins. So I'm a little worried, but I I still have hope for this year. We'll see what happens. Dangles is a Stafford ever era over. I don't I don't know that it's that easy to say just right away. Matt Stafford is is Matt Stafford. I mean, this is a guy who has thrown for 4000 yards like season after season. This is a guy who has been stable, yes, as your quarterback. And I and I understand. Look, I watched the same game that you did and that shit was scary. If I'm a Lions fan, I'm worried like about the way that that looked. Look, maybe it's just first you know, first the season jitters. Maybe maybe it was just a bad shakeout. There was shakeout. season jitters big like, time for the Lions. I mean, maybe this was just a bad shakeout for them. Like, I know that they are a more talented team on offense than the way that they showed. Maybe Sam Darnold and the Jets just had a good game. Do I think it's the end of the Matt Stafford era? <laughs> That's such a big ask, dude. Like, it's no. overreaction I just, week, baby. I think, that, right. I think that is an overreaction. Let me give you another overreaction because this game surprised everyone on Sunday. Uh, this overreaction, I guarantee you're going to hear, Tampa Bay is better off with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Dangles. I actually think that that is not an overreaction. I think that's the case. There's no chance the Harvard quarterback, 14-year vet or whatever he is, is a better 
You know what? Uh, no, no, fuck that. Because I would <laughs> rather have a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick who shows up every week, who is not on top of picnic tables in the quad screaming fucker right in the pussy, <laughs> who is not stealing crab legs from Publix, who is not groping Uber drivers while they're taking him through a McDonald's drive through Like, this shit is not okay. I'm sorry. Jameis Winston has had try and try and try again to do well in the NFL. And if I'm a head coach, if I'm a general manager, if I'm anybody who has any decision-making power on that Tampa Bay Buccaneers franchise, I'm saying Jameis Winston has to earn his way back into the starting lineup because if Ryan Fitzpatrick continues to perform the way that he did in the last couple of games, if if he plays that was the best game of his career and if he plays the way that he did against New Orleans this past Sunday, Jameis Winston when he comes back from his suspension quote me now is not going to be (laughs) the starter for Tampa Bay. You can bank it. Okay, so we learned what uh, his feelings were on Tampa Bay. I'm going to give you an overreaction and answer it right away. Uh, The Atlanta Falcons need to blow up everything on offense. I have to tell you, for Atlanta to have as much yardage and and, and not get enough touchdowns as they did, that first drive for Atlanta against Philly, opening up the whole thing, they beat Philly up, got every play they wanted to off, and then they get to the five-yard line and four straight plays, got you nothing. They did the same thing the next drive, still got you nothing. Their red zone inefficiency will be the Achilles heel of this team and I believe I don't know I don't know if you can say they need to blow it up on offense but they need to figure something out to fix that red zone efficiencies or they aren't going to be the one seed team that the three hosts here predicted that was a disgusting effort in that Philadelphia game so watch it out for Atlanta in the first red zone. two drives into the red zone nothing, nothing. and that was Absolutely this nothing. was the problem this was the problem for them last year the reason that they were not as good as they could have been is because the Falcons could not score in the red zone this is what they spent their entire offseason working on is finding ways to get the ball into the end zone in the red zone. And their first two drives of the game, first one they went three and out. Terrible. The second one, they sorry, they, they tried for it on the first one, yeah. and the second one they kicked the field goal. That's not acceptable if you're the Atlanta Falcons at the start of the season. Just, just not. And you can't beat good teams doing that. Brian, let me hit you with an overreaction here. And this one, this one is looking into the crystal ball of the future after week one results here. Hit me. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens and the Washington Redskins are making the playoffs. That's an overreaction. I guarantee you after these results, you're going to hear. Can I split? Sure. I I might give the nod to uh, the Baltimore Ravens because I think the AFC is a very susceptible division. It's open. To to wild card teams of of that ilk. I think watching what Pittsburgh did and what Cleveland did (laughs) and what Cincy did, I think everybody in that division should be really worried on that the conference in general, but the division of, of, of the North should be very worried about what Joe Flacco put on a show. Granted, it was the Buffalo Bills, but you cannot let Joe Flacco and, my, and Crabtree have that kind of connection. And his he's got weapons, man. You know, he, he certainly has he weapons. Was, he was throwing that stuff all over the place. And if the Baltimore defense continues to, d- to do what they do best, and the special teams was, was were fantastic. So I, I really think the Baltimore Ravens, the, the Redskins, they're in the NFC, a little tough. A little bit tougher. Baltimore, 47-3 over the Bills. Uh, Washington, 24-6 over the Cardinals. I think it's more of Buffalo and Arizona, the worst teams in the league. I think those are those two results there. Baltimore and Washington, though, could solve wins. What you need to do. Let's stick with that uh, Pittsburgh Browns area, though. Dangles, we heard this stat all day Sunday night. The Browns are 0-0-1. It is their best start since 2004. Is this the best Browns team since 2004? Wow. I mean, 
Wow. I think I think on statistics alone, you have to say yes, it is. And, and now, granted, I think most people have a better view of what the Browns actually are. At least anybody, I mean, because you know anybody who had access to Hard Knocks is able to you know watch and see exactly what this team is and kind of get a better sense of who Hugh Jackson is and who this team is and who the leaders are and who the guys that are going to be that are going to step in front when they're losing and say, hey, we need to get our shit together and and, and all that. I think you have a better sense this season of what the Browns are actually made of. And, you know, throwing Hard Knocks hype out the window, I think we really did see, like, that this team is full of heart, if nothing else, that they Certainly. want to win, that they believe that they can win, and that they think they think they're they think they are a good team. And that is the formula to starting to win uh, football games. So I think the Browns, I, I honestly still do think the Browns are potentially a six-win team this year. They, 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 they no, I know, I know, no, I know. that you might laugh. be the best team since 2000. I know you laugh. I know. Six wins I, I, I know. You, I know you laugh. But listen, they tie the uh, they tie the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a team that most people believed would be in the AFC Championship last year. Many people believe will be in the AFC Championship this year. I think if you can come out and tie the Pittsburgh Steelers, if you are the Cleveland Browns coming off an zero and sixteen season. I mean, that's almost. I mean, again, outside of a win, that's the best. Uh, that's the best option you can. I'll, I'll tell you, the the thing that holds them back is Cleveland still has some glaring Brownsian problems. They should have won that game in overtime, and they decided to throw a deep ball and get it picked off and missed the chance to kick an easy field goal. They made so many still Brownsian mistakes that it will be their Achilles heel uh, uh, in their season as well. But again best start since 2004 the last overreaction you're going to hear and it's coming from these words this mouth right here Aaron Rodgers is the MVP of the National Football League coming out of the halftime down 20 to nothing returning (sighs) like the Paul Pierce game with the injury giving life to Tony Cavallo himself and just lighting up on one leg these throws to Geronimo Allison a 50-yard dime getting luck with Randall Cobb beating the safety Aaron Rodgers breathed life into that whole entire organization and brought them up from the depths because let me tell you there is no backup QB worse than Deshaun Kaiser his two drives led to a strip sack fumble and a pick six and Aaron Rodgers was like I got this kid one leg and all. Braga, you're shaking your head. Well, first of all, I see your Kaiser and I raise you at Matt Castle. That's uh, <laughs> true. But no, I, 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 Aaron Rodgers is, of course, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I, I would I would say I would like to see him have, have that kind of performance against the Minnesota Vikings. That's going to be tough. And then, I'll, and then I'll start agreeing with you about MVP. But, but, you know, kudos to him to come back into that game and do the things he did. But let's see who he plays. Well, just to counter that, I mean, you look at what – look, this team was down – they didn't score before the half. Like the, no, this is, zip, this, is this, this 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 team had no points on the board before the half, and then Rogers comes. I mean, after and after this injury, he comes back out, and and this is with Khalil Mack eating Brian Balaga's lunch at the left tackle position. Every single play, and that he literally after Deshaun Kaiser or came in the game took the ball. From his hands. Yeah, Deshaun Kaiser wanted to he do a handoff. He took it from him. So, look, the fact that they were able to come back and win this, should Tony uh, uh, say to you that this team is capable of Herculean efforts? It's just Aaron. You just got to keep him healthy. Yeah, now. it is just as Aaron, of this but you're still playing against the best pass rusher in the league. As of this recording, we still don't know whether it's a, a what the exact problem is with the knee. Tony Cavallo thought it was terrible when he was carted off, and I still think it could be a bad thing. But as of right now, he is the MVP of this National Football League. That was overreaction week, and dang 
Bengals is hot and heavy. So what you're going to get with this show is you're going to get a recap of the week before. The Tuesday show is going to be the recap, and then we're going to end with everybody's favorite game, Gravestones. The pick'em battle and whether I'm going to pick Green Bay to beat Minnesota is going to happen next week on Thursday. Thursday, you're going to get the Rams and Chargers breakdown along with the pick'ems. So right now, after this overreaction week and uh, uh, recap section, let's jump to Gravestones where Dangles has a surprise for us. And now we are at everyone's favorite section, the Gravestones section. This is where every week the hosts pick one team to put into the ground and say they will not be making the playoffs at the end of the season. And each host, the host gets to go first. He's the one that won pick him this week. The host following him cannot pick the team that that host picked. Means it get harder the longer we go. And we added a caveat this week. This year, I should say. Instead of having all 32 teams, we're going to focus on one conference each week. So, Dangles, my friend, you won the Pick'em last week with an, uh, a 9-7 yes. and seven record. It was not a good week for everybody, but it was a 9-7 no. and seven record for you. I came in second. Brian came in third. That's the order. So, Dangles, my friend, you get to choose not only first, but you get to pick whether we're going AFC or NFC. So, what conference are we in, buddy? Uh, let's. You know, I'm an AFC fan, so let's go NFC. I'll, I'll switch it up. There you go. We're going with the NFC oh, again. Boy. In the past, Dangles last week killed Tampa Bay. Brian killed Buffalo. Tony killed Cincinnati. But Tampa Bay is the only one that matters because we're going back to the NFC and Dangles has first pick. So let's jump in to Gravestones. Mr. Dangles, would you step up to the altar? I would. This week, it should come as no surprise that I'm killing the Detroit Lions. Oh my goodness. I, I, I don't really know how much reasoning I need to put behind this. The Lions just were terrible. Tony, like, you're next. I mean, Let's go. Matt Stafford threw four picks. Five picks. Sorry. My bad. That was four. I was I was I was trying to trying to be kind. Um, it was terrible. Yeah, it was really bad. Um and and you know, I don't know how much of that is attributable to uh, the fact that the Jets had a a good first game because I actually did look strong, but um, I just don't see the Lions making it out of that division, especially with the Bears' defense being actually pretty formidable, I think, if we're to take anything from that first quarter yesterday. So, <laughs> so period. <laughs> the Lions stink. They're not making the playoffs. Sorry, Bri. Dangles has killed Detroit. It's okay. That means it's now to me. And I think it's an easy choice. I would have gone Detroit as well. But I'm killing the Arizona Cardinals. Sam Bradford cannot get it done. I don't believe in Josh Rosen, at least this year. And that division is tougher than it looks. So Arizona is going to be a rough year for those Cardinals. Brian, uh, Detroit and Arizona have been killed. Otherwise, the field is yours. I'm going to kill... The Chicago Bears. What? The Chicago Bears. Wow. Why? Of the NFC, there are no teams currently where I'm sitting that I can select that have a worse chance than the Chicago Bears at making the playoffs. Mitchell Trubisky, sorry Saunders, blows. He looked terrible. I don't see him and Matt Nagy making the playoffs over teams like Green Bay or Minnesota, Carolina, New Orleans, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, Get out of here. Los Angeles, maybe even Seattle or San Fran. So sorry, Chicago, you're going home. Good night. Thank you. 
Okay, and for that, that is the week of the gravestone section. And thank you for listening to week two, the Tuesday edition of the Left Coasters podcast. My name is Tony Cavallo, Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, and this is our Tuesday show. We will be coming back at you on Thursday with a Rams and Chargers section as well as the weekly pick'em, and that's the schedule for the whole season. As always, you can find us at the Left Coasters on Facebook. We are at the Left Coasters podcast on Instagram. Hit us up with any questions or comments that you want to see in this show, and thank you for all the love you've given us already. We're going to be hitting you with live videos during the Instagram section, videos of us together watching these games because we argue like this in real life as we do on the podcast it's going to be a fun season the rams are one to know the chargers are zero and one but we're working towards the playoffs for both of them as always la football is back and we'll be navigating you through the battle for la as long as it is to come so we leave you on a tuesday night with a hearty rampant Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning, or have never even heard of paddle, or padel, as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Vamos!